When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We have the final four. Are you serious? Yes, the last remaining teams in the throwback league's maiden season. We got the 97 Marlins, the five seed, the 86 Mets, the one seed, and these two teams, the 84 Tigers, a one seed, and an 04 Red Sox team, and as a three. We're at Tiger Stadium on a night where that American flag out in center is pointed straight out. This old ballpark at Michigan and Trumbull should be rocking tonight. Derek Lowe goes to the mound, a native Michigander for Boston, against Tigers ace Jack Morris. Josh Lewin with you. The Derek Lowe regular season, not a lot to look at. 14 and 12 with 5.48, but was incredible in the postseason of 04. So I'm guessing that's why Terry Francona has summoned him for this one, saving Pedro and Schilling for the title game they hope they get to. Jack Morris, meantime, an obvious choice for Sparky Anderson. He pitched to Dan Petrie last time out, did Sparky saving Morris for this one. Morris in 84, 19 and 11, 3.60 ERA. Three-time 20-game winner, but no, not this year. Remarkably, the Tigers with no 20-game winner, no 100-RBI man, only one to 30 home run hitter, but they won 104 games in the regular season and ran away with the AL East. Let's recap how these two teams got here. The 0-4 Red Sox beat the 77 Dodgers in 11 seed. Needed a walk-off three-run home run from Orlando Cabrera off Charlie Huff. The 74 A's, the 7 seed, went down next. 19-4 was the final in that one. They just obliterated poor Kenny Holtzman. Bronson Arroyo, the starter in that one. Veritek led the carnage with four hits and four runs batted in. Then the 91 Twins were vanquished, the four seed. Needed a six-run seventh to do that. Jack Morris started that one, by the way, in a different uniform. Lasted into the seventh inning, but big home runs from Ortiz and Johnny Damon boosting the Sox to a comeback win. So, so far in three games, the 0-4 Red Sox in this tournament, they have scored 6, 19, and 11. They are rolling. And they will face the home team in the one seed from this corner of the bracket. The 84 Tigers beat the 74 Dodgers, the nine seed. They needed two in the eighth to tie, one in the ninth to steal that one. Daryl Evans, a pair of home runs, including the walk-off winner. That was a game started by Milt Wilcox against the Dodgers' Al Downing. Then the 84 Tigers beat the 89 Padres, a 12 seed, 13-6 that final before a huge game from San Diego native Alan Trammell. The shortstop driving in six to back Dan Petrie. Then the 95 Indians went down, an 11 seed, a 7-5 that final. Well-balanced attack for the 84 Tigers, 13 hits, including three from Larry Herndon. So, the 84 Tigers have also moved on. They have a date with the team of idiots tonight, the 04 Red Sox. And if you go back, look at the Sons of Sam Horn message board. There's a great thread started by a very eloquent poster named uh, Jack Lamabi 65 I don't know. Uh, anyway, he went online before Game 7 of that Yankees series. 
listed all the people the Red Sox needed to win it for. It, it was a great thread uh, talking about most of all win it for James Lawrence Kelly. Passed away in 1986. This one's for you, Dad. You always told me that loyalty and perseverance go hand in hand. Thanks for sharing the best part of you with me. And everybody was touched because within six days, there were 32 pages of posts at that point from Sons of Sam Horn members. Very heartwarming, this thread. You plow through this and the basic themes are there. Life and death, love and family, friendship and loss. Win it for my grandfather, who never got to see the Red Sox win at all, but only believed. And for my dad, who watches each and every game, wishing his dad was there to watch with him. Win it for my 10-year-old son, Charlie, who fell asleep listening to Game 7 of the ALCS last year, assuming the Sox would win. When he woke the next morning, he asked me eagerly, Dad, did we win? When I told him gently, no, we did not. His anguished moan startled me. I knew I had raised him as a Red Sox fan. And I began to question whether that was a good thing. Win it for my grandfather, who succumbed to Alzheimer's in 2002. In one of my last conversations with him, he asked me how Ted Williams was doing. During Game 7 on October 20th, his birthday, he was smiling down on those Red Sox. On and on and on like that. I mean, win it for Bill Buckner, who deserved to live a normal life again. Same with Grady Little and Bob Stanley. Uh, everyone who was associated with the Red Sox for all those years, especially Teddy Ballgame. So you kind of put it in that parlance. I think it helps to understand why it is so important for the 04 Red Sox to keep making uh, a little bit of, a, of an inroad in this particular tournament. And, of course, they would win in 04. We all know that. Weird fact, in case you missed it, the Celtics won their first championship against St. Louis. That was in 1957. The Bruins broke a 29-year Stanley Cup drought against St. Louis, 1970. Patriots won their first Super Bowl against St. Louis in 02. So, sure enough, in 04, the Red Sox getting it done against who else but St. Louis. It, it had to be that way. And a lot of things had to go right to get that far. I mean, think about the things that did not happen for the Sox in maybe the 2024 months leading up to that World Series title. The A-Rod deal fell through. The deal that would have gotten Millard to Japan fell through. Montreal told them they didn't have enough to get Vasquez. So they turned to Plan B, which was shilling. Uh, the Yankees spent all their money on Jose Contreras, which should not work out well for them. Nomar turned down two different extensions the year before. That would have kept him around, no Orlando Cabrera. Anyone could have claimed Manny off waivers in the winter of 04. They almost traded Derek Lowe for Esteban Loaiza before the Yankees stepped in and trumped their bid. On and on and on it goes. Think about the things that could have happened that did not happen, but there you go. The Red Sox moved on. And they will face Jack Morris, part of a solid but not spectacular Tiger rotation in 84. Morris, the headliner, 29 years old this year. Minnesota native, 19 and 11, including nine complete games. Dan Petrie, 18 wins. Milt Wilcox, 17. Juan Berenguer and Dave Rosen are rounding out the rotation. Morris, in his Hall of Fame career, 254 wins. And while he gave up the most hits, most earned runs, most home runs of any pitcher of the 80s, well, he also started the most games. He pitched the most innings. He had the most wins. And here's one you'll like if you've got a bar bet that you want to cash in on somewhere. One of the seven players in baseball history to have won back-to-back -back World Series titles on different teams. Joins the list of Ben Zobrist, Jake Peavy, Moose Scourin, Clem Labine, Don Gullett, and Ryan Terrio is the one that no one will ever get. So there you go, a bar bet you are guaranteed to win. Speaking of bars, 
The fun-loving, hard-living Johnny Damon will be the first man to bat in this game. Let's take a look uh, or give you a look at the batting order for the Red Sox of 04. Damon, then Bellhorn at second, Ramirez in left, Ortiz to DH, Trot Nixon in right, Jason Veritex to catcher, Kevin Millar at first, Bill Miller at third, Orlando Cabrera the shortstop, batting number nine. And for the Tigers, Motor City Kitties coming out with Hojo, Howard Johnson, the young third baseman, Lou, Lou Whitaker at second base, Gibby, Kirk Gibson in right, Chet Lemon in center, Alan Trammell at short, Dave Bergman's at first, and the wheel, Lance Parrish is the catcher, Larry Herndon in left, Daryl Evans will DH, and bat number nine. So, Damon is ready. He's in the box against Jack Morris. And we will get going right now. Damon, usually up there looking to make something happen right away. Left-hand batter with a long black hair and black beard. And the first pitch is foul down near third. A little half swing there. Scooped up and tossed into the crowd. Damon, a, kind of a lunging half swing there, an odd way to start. During the regular season, more walks than strikeouts for Damon, which is what you like for a leadoff man. 304 batting average, 20 home runs, 94 runs batted in. 01 is low from Morris, and it's now 1 and 1. Defensively, Herndon, Lemon, Gibson in the outfield. Howard Johnson at third in a bit. Trammell and Whitaker, 19 years together as double play tandem. They're up the middle. Bergman's at first, and Parrish is behind the plate. Next pitch sailing outside, it's 2-1. and one To a guy who always plays the game hard, Johnny Damon. He plays hurt. Usually leads the league in broken bats. It's not needed a new one yet here against Jack Morris, who can actually break your bat. He's got that forkball-looking pitch. In with it here. That is that pitch, and it's lined in a right center, a base hit. Single into right center by Johnny Damon. Bat staying intact. And Johnny Damon, who, of course, started off Game 7 of the ALCS with a grand slam off Javier Vasquez. This time it's just starting off with a single off Jack Morris. So now Mark Bellhorn to the plate. And, boy, he had a bunch of big hits in 4 only had nine postseason hits. Seems like more than that in 2004. Didn't even have a 200 batting average, but well, so many of them so important. Game one of the World Series, tie game against Julian Tavares. Ball going deep to right at Fenway, hit the pesky pole. That made it 11-9. to nine. And even though it was dicey in game two, would be almost as dicey. There were four Boston errors in that one. Three by Bill Miller. That would end up a win as well and a sweep. Pitch to Bellhorn is high. It's 1-0. No score. We are just getting underway. Outfield around to right a bit against Bellhorn. Switch hitter batting left. Did strike out 177 times this year to lead the league. 17 home runs, 82 runs batted in. Morris, a check of Damon, who's got a pretty safe lead, all things considered. Give Bellhorn that hole to shoot for on the right side. Now the pitch. Ground ball, right side it is. Into right field, a base hit. Damon takes a turn. He'll cut to third. The throw from Gibson coming in, cut off. So it's going to be runners at the corners right away. Red Sox making noise. Remember, already in this tournament, they're averaging 12 runs a game. 
And here is Manny Ramirez hitting 308. 43 home runs, 130 runs batted in. He and the man on deck, David Ortiz, the first pair of AL teammates to each have 40 homers and 100 batted in and a 300 batting average since Ruth and Gehrig in 1931. Manny with those cornrows and that baggy uniform bottom. Looks like pajamas that he wears up there. Pitch to him is outside. It's 1-0 to number 24, Manny Ramirez. Manny in the 4 All-Star game hit a two-run home run off Roger Clemens. He in the top of the first inning. Just top to bottom an incredible year for Ramirez. He's the guy who singled right before David Ortiz at the walk-off blast in the game four of the ALCS in 4 Everyone remembers the Dave Roberts stolen base, of course, in the ninth. Pitch comes to Ramirez and is blasted up the alley. Left center field. That's going to drop. It gets by Herndon and it rolls to the wall. One run is already in. Here comes Bellhorn cutting around third. He'll be waved. The throw on its way. It is too late. It is a two RBI double for Manny Ramirez. And the Boston Red Sox of 04 have grabbed the early lead here at Michigan and Trumbull. Jack Morris in trouble here early. Still nobody out. Ramirez smiling out there at second base, and here comes Big Poppy. With a 301 batting average, 41 home runs, 139 runs batted in, and they'll shift for him here. So all that room on the third base side on the infield. Pitch to Ortiz, hums outside, it's 1-0 the fastball. Almost daring him to just kind of flick it towards left field. But he wouldn't take the bait. And you know with the Red Sox. It gets under the file of sometimes you just don't know what you have till you need it. David Ortiz was brought in originally to compete with Jeremy Giambi for playing time. Next pitch in the dirt. Nice stop by Lance Parrish. It's 2-0. David Ortiz always with that big smile, big hug for his teammates. Got those big shoulders and he can carry a ball club with those shoulders. Won two games with walk-off hits in that AO, or the uh, 4 ALCS against the Yankees. Pitch is low again at fork ball. It's 3-0. Now certainly one of the warmest, friendliest, most outgoing people you're ever going to meet. And when he swing 3-0 here with Morris on the ropes. Morris with the sign. Working on a chilly night. He deals outside. It's ball four. So it's two on now. Still nobody out. Two nothing for the 0-4 Red Sox. And here's Trot Nixon. The right fielder who has hurt much of the year. Meaning Gabe Kapler. Played a lot of right field instead. A Kapler former Tiger. Nixon hitting 315, Six home runs. And the pitch poured right down the middle this time. Strike one. You don't get a lot of smiles out of Nixon, contrary to Ortiz. Very businesslike, just a hard-nosed player whose dad, at the age of 55, once hit one out of the park at fantasy camp. A very athletic family, no doubt. You look at 1990-99, to just a revolving door disaster in right field. That space in between Dwight Evans and Trot Nixon, but Nixon went healthy. That'll gum it up. 
Very solid right fielder. Here's the pitch. Swing and a base hit into right field. Here comes Manny Ramirez. He's coming around. He's going to score. David Ortiz trying to get to third, and he will get there as Gibson had to go play it near the line. It is a 3-0 lead. Boy, what is going on? And Jack Morris stomping around out there. He's waving off towards the, the dugout. Sparky's up on that top step. No one coming out. Jack Morris wants to work through this on his own. But now he's got to work to Jason Veritek. Switch hitting power, hitting catcher. 296 hitter this year. 18 home runs, 73 runs batted in. Now Trot Nixon coming through. And it's first and third. Pitch coming, fastball strike on the outside corner. Veritek, and remember, things for the Red Sox were not looking good in the regular season, heading into the All-Star break in July. July 24th, everybody thinks, was a turning point. Veritek, in a game that was delayed by heavy rain, the front office thought seriously about postponing the game. Veritek and the other players met with the front office, said, no, we want to play. And then later in that game, the fight at home plate between Veritek and A-Rod turned the whole season around. Here's the kick, here's the pitch from Morris. Swing, high fly ball towards center. It's not going to get out. It's 440 out there, but Chet Lemon moving back will make the catch, and he's plenty deep so that a run can score. Nixon will not move to second. He'll stay at first, but it's a sack fly, and it is a 4 nothing game already here. Deep enough that David Ortiz was able to get in with no problem. So Damon, Bellhorn, Ramirez, Ortiz, they've all scored here in the first inning. And with just one out, it'll bring up Kevin Millard. 297 hitter, 18 home runs, 74 runs batted in. And in the mind of many, Kevin Millard, not David Ortiz, really the key to the 04 World Series championship. Bronson Arroyo, for example, saying he made everybody come out of their shells. He just changed the whole feel of the team. Everybody able to gel because of Millar, who takes outside here, it's 1-0. Then the legendary story says that during BP, prior to Game 4 of that ALCS, Millar told anyone who would listen, don't let us win tonight. If we win tonight, we got Pedro in Game 5, Schilling in Game 6, and anything can happen in Game 7. And sure enough, they won out. One on, one out. And the pitch. Chopped on the ground towards second. Could be two. Whitaker to trammel for one. On the first base, they got him. A double play. That ball was hit pretty decently, too, but on the ground and a friendly hop. And that double play tandem is not going to mess that up. Whitaker and trammel. Boy, the damage done, though. 84 Tigers haven't even batted yet. The 0-4 Red Sox getting four runs in the inning on four hits. Let's keep it here in 0-4. We will pause for this. Every four years, the world drops what it's doing to watch as dreams and determination are tested, to stand in awe and admiration as the Olympic spirit takes form in dazzling performances of breathtaking skill. To these, the games of the 23rd Olympiad, America will once again send its best. And to the members of the U.S. Olympic team, we at Kmart send our best. 
We know what it's taken to get there. That's why we feel so very good about being official sponsors of the U.S. Olympic teams. Again, from the people of Kmart, good luck, America. We'll be with you all the way. We've got it. Back here at Tiger Stadium, as for something you can get into right now, might we suggest you try out our good friends at Coffee Bean and Tea Leaf, the best, most perfectly blended coffee on either coast of the great USA since 1963. The Coffee Bean and Tea Leaf has been bringing you the finest coffees and teas from all around the world with responsibly sourced ingredients and handcrafted coffees and teas. The Coffee Bean and Tea Leaf, an experience like no other, and we certainly appreciate their support throughout this entire series. Well, let's get you ready for Derek Lowe here. And again, a little bit curious that he would be on the mound and not Schilling, not Pedro, but a history of pitching well in the postseason. Interesting guy coming home here to Michigan. And you look at ALCS Game 7. Uh, this was remarkable. Pitched on two days rest for the 0-4 Red Sox. Nobody knew what to expect facing the angry Kevin Brown. And in fact, the last time Kevin Brown had faced the Red Sox. Brown was bombed out of that game 11-4. So Red Sox fans were hanging their hope on that. And Lowe pitched very well and certainly had support. David Ortiz, a two-run home run. We mentioned the Johnny Damon grand slam. Lowe pitched very effectively for a little more than six innings. Pitch count was low, was getting a lot of ground balls. That's what he does. And let's see if he can keep this big swinging Tigers team in the ballpark now, too. He's going to face Howard Johnson, top of the order. 4-0 ball game already. 0-4 Red Sox have the lead. Johnson, a 248 hitter. 12 home runs and 50 runs batted in. Pitch on the way to him, and it's outside. Ball one. With Ramirez in left, Damon in center, Nixon in right. You've got a Millar and a Miller at the corners. Third and first. Cabrera's at short, Bellahorn at second, Veritek doing the catching. And the pitch has cranked foul into the crowd third base side into this double-decked ballpark here in Detroit. The seat's mostly a faded blue. And Howard Johnson with 400 plate appearances here in 84. A lot of guys on this Tiger team between 200 and 400 plate appearances. Bergman, Barbara Garbay, Tom Brookins, Rupert Jones, Johnny Grubb. This is not a team in the same lineup every game for Sparky Anderson. And there are contributions from guys deeper on the bench. Guys like Rusty Kuntz, Dwight Lowry, and Nelson Simmons. Pitch is low, one and one. That sinker from Derek Lowe. Facing the Clearwater Florida native, Howard Johnson, just 23 years old. The youngest position player on the team, all besides Nelson Simmons. And the backup second baseman, Scotty Earl. There are no pitchers in their early 20s. This is a veteran group ready to win. Pitch on the way to Johnson. He swings, hits it high in the air towards center. Johnny Damon's got a beat on it. A little bit towards left. He makes the play one away. That'll bring up the lefty hitting second baseman, Lou Whitaker. Sweet Lou. 289 a hitter this year. 13 homers. 56 runs batted in. This year made the most of his five straight all-star appearances. Fine in the World Series, obviously. And the day the Tigers clinched that series, the second eldest of Lou Whitaker's four daughters was born. That is a good day all the way around. 
as he takes low the sinker from Derek Lowe, one and 0. 13 homers this year for Whitaker. It'll be 21 next year. And then by 86, it was a Tigers infield where everybody hit at least 20 home runs. He hit 28 in 89, a career best. Hall of Fame worthy. So many people will stake their reputation on that. Pitch is swung on and missed. It's one and one up over top of that sinking fastball of Derek Lowe. Now, there are some other fine mid-'80s second basemen around the American League. Frank White, Willie Randolph are a couple of his contemporaries, but those guys never hit a ball over the roof of Tiger Stadium like Lou Whitaker did. Pitch coming. It is laced in right field. That's a base hit heading down into the corner. Got by a diving Millar, and Trot Nixon's got to dig it out of that corner, gets it in with the runner at second base. Lou Whitaker coasting in there with a double. One out doubles. The Tigers look for something good here in the bottom of the first. Brings up a guy who supplies a lot of good. The scary Kurt Gibson. Got that eye black working under those piercing eyes. That long blonde hair under his batting helmet. 282 hitter. 27 homers this year. 91 runs batted in. Remember early in his career, Kurt Gibson proclaimed by Sparky to be the next Mickey Mantle. And Sparky later apologized, said that was probably too much pressure to put on a young and inexperienced Kirk Gibson. But what a versatile, powerful, speedy player here in the 80s. Home runs and stolen bases. Finished in the top 10 in home runs three times in his career. Top 10 in stolen bases four times. Next year, very close to the 30-30 club. One home run shy. Pitch to the left-hand batter. Swung on. Foul back towards the broadcast booth. Look out, Ernie Harwell. Ernie's always got that glove in there just in case. The broadcast booths are right down close here at Tiger Stadium. Of course, Kirk Gibson known for hitting clutch home runs. Eighth inning of Game 5 of the 84 World Series. Facing Goose Gossage. And a walk seemed to be in order with runners at second and third. Gibson had already homered earlier in the game. Gossage told Dick Williams, Padres manager, he thought he could strike Gibson out. And indeed, he had done that in Gibson's very first big league plate appearance. 1979, got him on three pitches. And sure enough, other than the World Series swing he would take against Gossage, one bunt single against ten other plate appearances. This pitch swung on fouls right at the plate, nothing in two. Gossage later said he told Tim Lawler back in the second inning of that game, I own Kirk Gibson. And if the Padres could have held the Tigers, scored a couple runs in the ninth, they would have forced the series back to San Diego. Maybe they would have turned the tide. But of course, it did not happen. The 1-0 fastball was hit deep into the right field upper deck that iced the game. And that great World Series, the bless you boys season for Sparky Anderson and Kirk Gibson. Whitaker the lead from second. Now the wind and the pitch. Swing and a miss. He got him. And the battle of Detroiters here. Now Kirk Gibson just couldn't help himself on a ball that was sinking down in the dirt. So it's one on, two out. And that will bring up Chet Lemon. Chester. 287 hitter. 20 home runs this year. 76 runs batted in. He came to the Tigers from the White Sox in 82 for fellow outfielder Steve Kemp. 
Chet Lemon from Jackson, Mississippi, moved to L.A. when he was only six months old. Going to Fremont High School, was a great football player, played in the backfield with Ricky Bell. Pitch from low is outside and low. It's 1-0. Nice stop there by Veritek. Great year for Lemon here in 84. Batting average jumped up about 30 points. His 60 extra base hits actually tied Kirk Gibson for most on the team. 20 home runs and 76 runs batted in. Those were third best titles or uh, spots on the team. Starting center fielder for the American League in the All-Star game, too, as he takes high. That's the four-seam fastball that time from Derek Lowe. It's 2-0. We've been talking a lot about the Tigers in that 84 postseason. Lemon actually went hitless in that three-game sweep of the Royals in the LCS. He went 0 for 13, but he hit 300 in the World Series. Had a Willie Mays-style back-to-the-plate catch, too, on a Terry Kennedy drive to preserve the Tigers' lead in the seventh inning of Game 3. Whitaker the lead from second, kind of bouncing around a bit. The check of the runner and the pitch. Swung on, looped into center field. That's going to drop. It is a base hit. And around comes the runner. Lou Whitaker's going to score. It is now 4-1. to one. Well, not much on that ball from Chet Lemon. Just kind of poked it into center. But by the time Johnny Damon could come and find it, the run had come in. So it's 4-1. to one. Tigers get one back. Battle of high-scoring teams here in this tournament. Long way still to go for the 84 Tigers, but there's the first step. And it brings up Alan Trammell. 314 hitter this year, the only Tiger regular to hit above 300. On a team that won all those games in a World Series. 14 home runs, 69 runs batted in. And Alan Trammell drafted in 1976, right away roomed with Lou Whitaker down in the Fall Instructional League in St. Petersburg, Florida. And really their careers would become intertwined from that point on. Pitch to Trammell, swung on, fouled up the first baseline. Now Whitaker and Trammell working with Eddie Brinkman former Major League shortstop for the Tigers, was an instructor for Detroit. Brinkman said he could see he had something special in that double play duo. Lou Whitaker balked at the idea of playing second base initially, but eventually he relented. Pitch coming, and it's low. It's one and one. The Tigers general manager, Jim Campbell, the story goes, had promised each of those guys, Trammell and Whitaker, that they'd each get a pair of sports coats if they performed well in Instructional League. And Campbell, man of his word, drove into a store. They went right to the rack where they had their suits picked out. Pitch is low. It's 2-1. and one. Then you get to 77. Trammell and Whitaker not needing to wear those suits much in Montgomery, Alabama. They were playing for the Montgomery Rebels together. And they really bonded then. That's where they, they really formed that everlasting friendship on a championship team in the Southern League. Pitch from low inside this time. Three balls, no strikes to Trammell, who was the Southern League MVP that year. Brinkman managed that team. He, he said they really could have been co-MVPs that year. Lou Whitaker was a great player, too. They beat Jacksonville in the playoffs. And up they went to the major leagues from AA. In fact, the two of them debuted against this Red Sox team at Fenway Park. 
3-1 pitch on the way that is inside and low ball four. That makes it two on, two out in the tying Manuel bat in the bottom of the first inning with a swirling wind here at Tiger Stadium. Let's see if Dave Bergman can take advantage of that. Former Yankee, former Astro and Giant by way of Illinois State. His uniform number 12 retired back at that campus at Illinois State. Bergman in spring training was supposed to be a Philly here in 84, but right at the end of spring training, big deal to get on over to this Detroit team and obviously some pitching coming that way as well. That was uh, the bigger part of that deal. Pitchers fouled into the crowd on the right side. It's nothing in one to Bergman. And get ready for a long at bat, maybe. One of the signature moments of 84 for the Tigers. Bergman in the 10th inning of a game against the Blue Jays. Two men on, two men out. And the Blue Jays were right in it. They trailed the Tigers by five games at that point. Dave Bergman fouled off seven pitches. And on a full count, 13th pitch of the at-bat, he went upper tank at Tiger Stadium for the walk-off home run. Sparky Anderson delighted. Says that was one of his most memorable moments from 84. Bergie was up there a full seven minutes at the plate. Here's the pitch. Swing a high fly ball towards right towards the line. Will this one get foul? No, it's going to stay right above the line. And catch made to end the inning. Trot Nixon over towards that corner, but able to take it. And the side retired. Bergman as a tying man turned away. So are the Tigers. They get one run back in the inning on two hits. 4-1. The 0-4 Red Sox leading at the end of one. Wicked hard. Wicked hard. Dunkin' Donuts introduces the New England Maple Cheddar Sandwich. Park. I can't find a place to park. Park. Can't find a place to park. A delicious combination of real maple-flavored sausage, egg, and melted cheddar. So, for a great New England taste. I play wicked hard when I go to the park. Get one today. No, no, no. Kurt, you can't do it like that. Try the New England Maple Cheddar Sandwich or any of our breakfast sandwiches for $1.99. Just the thing. Introducing new Trident Cool Rush Gum with sparkling flavor crystals. Can these five dentists handle the intense, tingly clean feeling? Ooh. Intense? Maybe a little too intense. New Trident Cool Rush. Can you handle the intense, tingly clean feeling? Jack Morris back out there on the mound. Not always friendly with the media, but now he is part of the media. He is a broadcaster and a very good one for Fox Sports North. We chose to dial up Jack Morris to see if he'd share some memories of Sparky Anderson with us, talking about this great 84 team. Jack was actually happy to oblige. Well, Sparky, I think, uh, probably summed it up best by coming in from Cincinnati and telling everybody that he was in charge and that he was going to basically transform this team into winners. And, you know, he had an open-door policy. He always welcomed anybody to come into his office and express their feelings, uh, good or bad. Um, he warned us that uh, you might not like to hear what I might say, meaning him, um, if you uh, complain too much, but uh, that's just the way Sparky was. And, Quite honestly, I got very, very close to him because he uh, he basically wanted you to be close to him, and uh, he really cared about his players almost like his own kids. Uh, baseball was secondary to life lessons, and uh, he tried in his crazy sort of way, his 
very low educated way to show love and he, he did that in a tremendous way uh you know i think there was guys that probably uh didn't care for him that much because they didn't get to play a lot sparky played the guys that he thought could help him win and uh you know ultimately we did but for the majority of the team, I think uh, nobody was respected more than the guy that led our, uh, led our squad, and that was Sparky Anderson. Well, many thanks to Jack Morris, who, like Sparky Anderson, made his way not just with this Tigers team. Sparky, of course, a World Series winner, managing the Big Red Machine as well, the Cincinnati Reds. Jack Morris able to get two World Series with multiple teams, as it turns out. So, this one at 4-1 to one after the first inning. I'm going to tell you right now, this thing is a firefight. We're going to have to just kind of zip on through and tell you what goes down piece by piece. So strap in, get ready. This is a high-scoring game. Top of the second inning, 4-1 Boston. Bill Miller starts out with a simple ground out over to Trammell. But then Orlando Cabrera able to double down the left field line. Johnny Damon rips one into left center. That scores a run to make it 5-1 Boston. Damon then going to second on a wild pitch. That fork ball in the dirt getting away from Lance Parrish. Mark Bellhorn doubling up the alley in left center to make it 6-1. Bellhorn's second hit of the game. Already had one to right field, this time going to left center. Ramirez strikes out, though. Ortiz flies out. It stays 6-1 for the 0-4 Red Sox going to the bottom of the second. Parrish would pop out. Herndon would strike out, but then the bottom of the order, Daryl Evans punching one in the left. Howard Johnson roping one in a right center, a double up the alley to score the run. Evans was running with two out and needed to be doing that to score from first. RBI to make it a 6-2 game. And then, how about Lou Whitaker belting one in a right center? That scores Hojo to make it 6-3. Kirk Gibson with a bounce out to second base. That would retire the side. Scoreless third inning, we move ahead to the fourth. Miller flies to left for Boston. Cabrera grounds to short, but then Johnny Damon, a home run into the upper deck right field to make it 7-3. And that would do it for Jack Morris. A shockingly short start. Three and two-thirds, eight hits, seven runs allowed. That's a 17.18 ERA for the game. On comes Doug Bear, and he would get out of it, getting Bellahorn to bounce to second base. Bottom of the fourth, a 7-3 game now. The Red Sox are going to see the Tigers make their move. With Evans bouncing out first, and Hojo, top of the order, bouncing out to short, Lou Whitaker starts the two-out rally, base hit in the left center, and then Kirk Gibson doing what Kirk Gibson does. He just ripped one, going upper deck with a big roar, igniting the crowd, just jumping around the bases, almost exhorting his team to get back in it. It was indeed now 7-5, and that would do it for Derek Lowe. That gamble of pitching low, and not Schilling, not Martinez, not paying off. Three and two-thirds, eight hits, five runs for the native Michigander. Call one out to Terry Adams at that point. What does he do? First pitch, home run, Chet Lemon over the wall in left, right near that uh, clock on the wall in left field. That made it a 7-6 game. Alan Trammell, just a couple pitches later, base hit in a left, but then Dave Bergman pops out. So 7-6 through the bottom of the fourth. Right into the top of the fifth, Red Sox try to extend their lead, and they do. Manny Ramirez and David Ortiz to lead it off. Tough to get through that part of the order. Walk from Ramirez, double to right from Ortiz to score Manny. That makes it 8-6. to six. Nixon grounds out, moving Ortiz to third. Veritek rolls a single in the right center, makes it 9-6. to six. Doug Bear would get out of it from there. So we're only halfway through the ballgame, 9-6. to six. 
The 0-4 Red Sox have the lead. Bottom of the fifth, Lance Parrish, base hit in the left center. Larry Herndon scalds one, but right back to the mound. And the play made by Terry Adams. Evans and a deep fly ball to left. They had seen enough out of Terry Adams at that point. The move made to bring in Lenny DiNardo at that point. Lenny DiNardo is next out of the bullpen with Curtis Laskanek getting up just in case. Howard Johnson greets DiNardo with a double down the left field line. Switch hitter getting it done. So now 9-7 instead of 9-6. Lou Whitaker up there is the tying man, but he grounds out to second. Laskanek would get in the game, and in fact, in the bottom of the seventh, he's on the mound when things would really turn. Lance Parrish, the big wheel, base hit in the left center field. Herndon with a ground ball into the hole between short and third. Nice play made by Orlando Cabrera to get one out. 6-4 fielder's choice. So Herndon running now instead of Parrish. He'll take that trade off. Evans with a walk, and that's it. Another pitching change made. Mike Timlin comes on. And it does not go well for Mike Timlin. Howard Johnson with a little bloop in a left field that drops. Howard Johnson having a nice game. His third hit. Base is loaded at this point. Up comes Lou Whitaker. And sweet Lou with the crowd roaring. Well, he didn't hit it on the roof. But he hit it deep enough. Over the wall in right field. Grand slam for Lou Whitaker. He had been the tying man a couple other times in this game. Forget about a tie. This is a four spot. With a grand slam, it goes from 9-7 Boston to 11-9 Detroit. Scott Williamson comes on at that point. He gets Gibson to strike out, Lemon to bounce out. It stays right there at uh, that particular score of 11-9. Now remember, 11-9, a pretty familiar score for the 0-4 Red Sox. So they were winners in that game in game one of the 0-4 World Series. So you didn't figure it was going to stay 11-9 necessarily. Let's go to the top of the ninth. They need a two to tie this thing. Willie Hernandez is on. Willie Hernandez, a guy that had a monster season. And he walks Mark Bellhorn to start it off. So an anxious moment. Manny Ramirez with a ground ball base in, a, in the left field. You've got two on and nobody out for Big Poppy. Can the Red Sox really get this done? Well, David Ortiz hits one hard, but right at second base. There's Lou Whitaker making yet another play. Line drive out for out number one. Trot Nixon walks. Bases loaded for Veritek. He hits the ball slowly towards third. They get one out out of it. A 5-4 fielder's choice allowing a run to score. It's 11-10. So Kevin Millar, he's up the number seven man in the order. Bill Miller steps on deck. 11-10 ball game. Two down. Millar against Willie Hernandez. Screwball for strike three. Willie Hernandez saves it. Aurelio Lopez with two and a third innings out of the bullpen gets the win in this one. Mike Timlin, having blown that save, takes the loss. And again, the hero, Lou Whitaker, with that grand slam that he pegged into the right field bleachers back in the seventh inning. So, 11 runs, 16 hits, no errors for the Tigers of 84. 10 runs, 13 hits, no errors for the 0-4 Red Sox, who made it quite a game, but they are eliminated. And now we know who is going forward into the actual final bracket now. We've got one spot filled. It's a one seed. It's the 84 Tigers who will be there. And they have got the, the chance to make some noise, obviously, against either the 97 Marlins or the 86 Mets. That's going to be our next game. It's going to be Kevin Brown for those 97 Fish against Doc Gooden for the 86 Mets. That one will be at Shea Stadium. But 
Here in Detroit, the Tigers of 84 advance. Great game all the way around. 21 runs scored in it, but your final once again, the 84 Tigers 11, the 04 Red Sox 10. This is Josh Lewin. We're getting so close to the end. We appreciate you checking in for each and every one of these. If you missed a few, they're all available. Every single one of these games available at the league website, thethrowbackleague.com. Follow us on Twitter as well. We appreciate that at the Throwback LG. Not too late to tell a friend or tell uh, any baseball fan you know about what it is we're doing here. Thanks again to our great sponsor, Coffee Bean and Tea Leaf. And we'll talk to you next time from Shea Stadium. Only two games to go. Bye-bye.